A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. It's September 1st, 2000, and another remarkable event is about to be uncovered by Ariel, Rebecca, and Ali. The Retrospectors. So it was on this day that Nokia launched a phone handset so iconic that Finland chose it as one of its national emojis in 2015, the Nokia 3310. So-called because if you still have one in a drawer at home, it will finally run out of battery in the year 3310. <laughs> and I was actually really surprised when I was researching this. I mean, I, I mean, obviously I knew it wasn't the first phone ever, but I was surprised that the 3210, which nobody ever talks about anymore, mm. sold even more units. It sold 160 million units compared to the 3310s. Still impressive, 126 million. It's also funny that its nickname is The Brick these days, which isn't a particularly flattering nickname for something that has gained such cult status, but it's sort of... It captures something of the fact that I think our nostalgia for this phone and probably even this era of phones is more to do with what they couldn't do than what they could do. Despite this, it did have a whole lot of cool features, like it could play Snake. Snake 2. Snake 2, sorry. Yeah, it was the sequel. Yeah, well, I didn't know that Snake is actually, technically, it's a concept. It's not a game. What does that mean? It means that there is no (laughs) one game that's just snake. Oh, and okay. It's so like, it's like a snake game. Anyone can make yeah. one. This is just one version. And apparently, I can't make one. <laughs> apparently the first one was the 1976 arcade game Blockade. And snake games had actually had a bit of a boom and bust, you know, on the arcade scene before Nokia started preloading them onto its phones in the late 90s and sort of gave my generation the idea that they kind of invented snake and that's all mm. that snake was. I read somewhere that snake is the most widely played video game in human history and I sort of thought can that be right but I think probably on the basis that it went into a piece of technology that reached so many people you know Mm. in parts of the world that still haven't got smartphones you do have feature phones and so the the idea that the quintessential video game on that technology that that should be the most played game does stack up but it's just surprising in a way because it's it's a footnote in gaming history, but it also happens to be the biggest game there's ever been. But do you guys remember the other games? Because there were actually four games on the 3310 in order of rememberability. Obviously, <laughs> you've got Snake way out in front. Then, uh-huh. if you recall, there was Space Impact, which was a kind of a mm. um, Space Invaders yeah. style pew, pew, pew. Why would you ever look any further than Snake 2? It's got everything you need. Then you had Pairs, which was obviously based on the classic card Pairs. game Pairs. Yeah. That was easy to answer. It also had Bantumi, which I have just, you know, I recently, in the process of researching this episode, discovered is based on an ancient board game called Mancala. But such was the way of things at the time. I mean, you couldn't pop on your Google browser on the phone to find out what this game was. There was literally no way of playing this game without external context. When you opened it, it's just <laughs> squares with numbers in and like a finger pointing at them. And there's just no instructions and nobody I know ever played it. Do you think this is why we've all forgotten it? I think <laughs> so. Because it was impossible to know what to do, so you closed <laughs> it as soon as you opened it. <laughs> and the main software was, I think, impressively simple. I mean, it's all very well saying you didn't know how to play one of the games that no one remembers, but the, the, the features you actually wanted to use were staggeringly simple mm. in a way that probably wasn't achieved again until the first iPhone, which, by the way, this outsold by a factor of 20 
Mm. So like, for example, if you wanted to call your most popular number, which is the thing that in 2000, most people wanted to do with their phone most <laughs> of the time, all you had to do was tap the big button that is naturally by your thumb, I think four times in a row, and it did it. You press it once to get menu, then you press it again to select phone book, then again it goes to your favourite number, then again to call, and then when you finish the call you hang up. All you've done is press your thumb five times down where it naturally sits, and it instinctively knows what you want and to do. That's brilliant. You've rung your best mate and hung up on them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I, I've got to say, I mean, That's this sounds brilliant in theory, but the 10-year-old me just kept thinking, I don't know what the hell this button is. Every time I press it, it does something different. And it had a calculator. That is, again, a useful function. I didn't realise it had voice dialing. That seems that... massively ahead of its time. Yeah, but do you know what it is actually ahead of its time? Not this. It turns out a lot of future smartphone tech. I mean, Ollie, I know that you've worked in tech before, so this might be old hat to you. But a lot of smartphone tech actually predates the 3310. The Nokia Communicator series launched in 1996. And it was one of those ones, you know, it looked like a big, ugly early mobile phone but you could also split it in half and open it and it was like a mini word processor that had web browsing had email it had fax but mm. it was just extremely expensive shows you want some pop on pop off colorful covers does for you though doesn't it <laughs> i think it's the same with the imac really like i'm not saying the imac wasn't important but i feel like the biggest thing that johnny ive did with that was say let's stop having gray plastic computers and it's sort of like that with the 3310 isn't it those snap on snap off covers are the thing that made everyone's look a bit different. It meant that you could repurpose yours after a while and pimp it up when prior to this, all phones were just kind of black and dull. I'd say like in the dumb phone era, if we can call it that, <laughs> the only competitors to this, as far as I'm concerned, are the Motorola Razr, because that is cooler. Like it was thin and you could so fold cool. it up. That was a good party trick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and possibly the Nokia banana phone. I can't remember what that was actually officially called, but you know, the one in the matrix. Yeah, yeah. Again, because <laughs> cool. And the simplicity of it, you hang up by folding the phone in both cases. That's cool. <laughs> Although I did find a contemporary review from a Polish website that noted its disappointment with the fact that apparently Nokia had advertised that it would have a 260-hour battery life, but the reviewer was most disappointed to find it only lasted 70 hours on a single charge. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing as well that it did, which admittedly the 3210 did do first, but the 3310 popularised, was it packed the antenna inside the unit without affecting the signal strength. That sounds like an incredibly nerdy thing. You remember, like, all phones before looked like they should be used by car dealers, and that's because they had those pull-out aerials, and immediately it's just a bit like, buy, buy, sell, sell. I remember there's an Only Fools and Horses episode where Dell gets yeah. one out and it's got the massive antenna on, and that's how people thought of them. You know, it wasn't thought of as something that a teenager would necessarily want to have. So when this phone was launched on this day, it was launched at a conference, uh, which was a board sports conference in oh, yeah. Oberhausen, Germany. Did you manage to find the name of the conference? It's incredible. No, I'm already confused. So the conference, the board sports conference that Nokia was sponsoring, that's why they launched a phone there, was called, this is actually what it was called, I know for a non-natively English-speaking audience, but nonetheless, was called Don't Be Bored, B-O-R-E-D, Be Totally Bored, B-O-A-R-D. <laughs> oh, it's bad. It's the totally that makes it worse, isn't it? It's like, like, fine, commit to that pun, but don't say be totally. It's just so wannabe try-hard teen-speak, isn't it? It's Yeah. And I, I don't normally put forward an opinion about people trying to channel youth culture because I'm like, I'm too old to even have a voice on that. But I was 19 at the time, so I can tell you that was a terrible way to target teenagers. <laughs> it seems so strange now, doesn't it, when the Silicon Valley is such a huge part of culture, the idea that they would be like, well, we're sponsoring this board sports thing, so I guess we could just unveil our you know, revolutionary new phone there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. 
Did you guys know that the phone was so successful that in the year 2000, it counted for 4% of Finland's GDP? Wow. <laughs> no wonder they made an emoji for it. It's kind of astonishing to me, though, that this is so recent, even though we're talking about something that's over 20 years ago. I was watching some Glastonbury Festival footage the other day of the year 2000, and it was like the Chemical Brothers and Moby and Travis. And, you know, there are artists that I know come from a period of time, but nonetheless, they still sound quite contemporary to me. Mm. You know, I, I could plausibly listen to a playlist with those artists in. And I just find it weird to think that all of those guys in their pockets had something that predated the 3310. All of those people in the audience jumping up and down. Yeah. You know, they had something pre the 3310. Like, what was that? They probably didn't have a phone. Or if yeah. they had a phone, it was a really rubbish one. Well, fascinatingly, I think that one of the reasons why this phone is so synonymous with our memory of that era of phones is that at the beginning of the year 2000, uh, a Pew research survey found that only uh, about 50% of US adults had a mobile phone of any kind. And just six years later, by 2006, that percentage had jumped to 73%. They tried to bring the 3310 back, didn't they, in 2017? And it just, it wasn't a success because I guess what people missed wasn't having a phone that couldn't do much because you can buy a phone that can't do much now. They'd miss a time when that was the norm mm. and we can't yeah. bring that back. Yeah. Also, drug dealers probably didn't want it. I mean, let's <laughs> over that. It's, I think, in the last 10 years, become kind of a favourite for people who have a second phone, hasn't it? You know, yeah. it's 20 quid on eBay. Uh, you can literally throw it in the bin when you're done. And uh, I think that is one of the reasons why it maintained its popularity. Your drug dealers don't need the WhatsApp function. They've got a second <laughs> phone for that. Tomorrow. Everyone in the world would have to unplug everything. I mean, what could go wrong? Love the show? Support the show. Patreon.com slash Retrospectors. Part of the ACAST Creator Network. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.